Hey there, it's Tanya Stokes, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I have an interesting podcast for you, and I want to go ahead and apologize ahead of time because I am dog sitting for a friend who has a chihuahua, and he has been barking a lot. So I'm going to try and get this in really quickly while he's asleep, okay? But I want to welcome you to the podcast. It's an ultimate podcast for salon owners and beauty professionals seeking insights, inspiration, and strategies to thrive in this ever-evolving world of beauty. I'm Tanya, and in this episode, we'll dive into the trends, challenges, and success stories shaping the salon beauty industry today. Now, whether you are a seasoned salon owner or you're just starting your beauty career, this podcast is your go-to resource for elevating your salon business to new heights. So I want you to get ready to unlock the secrets of salon success and ignite your passion for beauty. So let's dive in. Today, I want to talk to you about the recession. Now, we've had this conversation over and over again because the recession is here. Not a lot of people want to talk about it, but you cannot bury your head in the sand. So I'd like to give you actionable steps and tips that hopefully you could use to thrive in this industry and stay above the mess. Again, today, let's talk about the recession and how you should move forward if you want to survive. Now, historically, salons have displayed a mixed performance during recessions. While the exact impact varies, certain trends emerge. I want to get into some things that you may want to consider as we go through this recession, because I want you to be prepared. It's better to be prepared. And you've heard me talk about this over and over again. And I'm probably not going to stop anytime soon. I feel like it is my duty as your salon professional and your favorite podcaster to share this information with you. What I'm going to do is break down some of the steps like demand for grooming services. Let's look at that. Because even during recessions, people generally continue to prioritize self-care, right? They're grooming. But salons that offer essentials like haircuts and basic styling and maintenance treatments tend to have a more stable customer base. And here's what I mean by that. While this is not something that I offer, it is very profitable. Let me tell you why. Someone coming in for just a haircut, which a lot of times it would, you send them to a barbershop. Like I just sent somebody to a barbershop um, two weeks ago. And then yesterday, a young lady texted me and she was like, I found you on Google. Um, my hair is clean. I just need my sides and back tapered. When are you available? And I explained to her that that isn't something that I offer. And it used to be, it used to be something that I offered prior to COVID where I would have these little um, times on my schedule, like it's probably 10 minutes or 20 minutes where if you were at work and you wanted to run in for a quick haircut, you know, you could slide into that 10 minute or that 20 minute slot. After COVID where, you know, state board was pushing, make sure you shampoo every client and blah, blah, blah. 
business slowed down some, but I realized why I never really enjoyed that. Because let's say I have someone scheduled at 9.30 and I know it's going to take maybe, let's say, an hour to get that person in and out. And then you slide into a slot at 11. So from 9.30 to 11, mm, that's not really going to work for me. <laughs> like, Not only that, when you take up that slot, then when the system when someone else is looking at the appointment book, because the system has blocked that little bit of time out for you, it'll tell the other person that may need a 90 minute service that I don't have the time on my book. So it, it won't show them that time. For me, it doesn't really work because, you know, when you look at the numbers, getting $20 here, $30 there, when you could have gotten $125, $150, and your system is telling these people, no, you don't have the time just because of that little window that you need the haircut, it does not make sense to me. Now, although I work with other people, they set their own schedule. Now, if I had an assistant, you know, right out of beauty school, you know, she's trying to build her clientele, that would be perfect because I would give those people to them. That means they're constantly working. So doing the 10 and 15 minute haircuts really doesn't work for me because of how my schedule is set up, but it may work for you. Um, I want you to look at uh, shift towards affordable services. You know, during a recession, some consumers may scale back on expensive or luxury services. So salons that offer budget-friendly packages and discount services or payment plans may be more appealing to a cost-conscious customer. Um, a young lady in my building said to me the other day that she, she takes um, afterpay. She said, you should look into it. And I looked into it and I actually really like it. And I'm very, I'm considering using Afterpay, you know, because um, when you think about it, instead of putting someone on a payment plan where they pay you like a little bit this week and a little bit next week, you use a system like Afterpay and they're actually on the payment plan with Afterpay. So if their service is $150, they're going to pay you, they're going to pay Afterpay or they, you know, they work it out with Afterpay for $150 and they will pay Afterpay like every two weeks, a few dollars. But once you are done with the service, Afterpay pays you the entire amount of $150. Their arrangement has nothing to do with you. You're getting paid the full amount. So, and, it, and there is a small fee for the, um, for the merchant. So you may want to look into it, but it is definitely an option, especially going into the recession. Um, again, budget-friendly packages. I've done packages for years. I can tell you from past experiences that packages work. They really work because most salons offer a la carte services, right? And they tend to add up. So you pay for the shampoo, which is 75, and you add a cut, which is 30, and you add color, which is another 35, and then you add a deep conditioning treatment, which is another 35. If you could take all of that 
and put it in one package. And let's say the total was, I don't know, around 175. I wasn't doing the math, but let's say the total was 175 a la carte. You could put that whole deal in a package for say 150, you know, somebody will buy the package to save the $25 because more often than not, they need all of those things, but they're looking at it like, oh my gosh, it just keeps adding up when you say, you can get this as an a la carte service, or you could package it where you could say something like, like you will probably charge for all the services, but then the haircut is free. You put that in a package, people will jump at the chance to save a few dollars. Now, I also want you to go check out my guide on Amazon marketing for salons because I showed you a nice little trick <laughs> on how to market certain services. So go to the academy, the number four and the letter U.com. It's mind blowing. Definitely a game changer. And let's look at emphasis on value and quality. Now I talk like I give value all the time. I'm sure you know by now I'm also a real estate agent and we constantly push value. You want to give your buyers value. You also want to give your sellers a lot of value because people will remember the value, right? But that is easy. That came so easy for me when I, you know, started going over into the real estate space because I give a lot of value from behind the chair and customers tend to be more discerning during a recession, right? So when you focus on, you put a lot of focus on value for money and the quality of services received, salons that consistently provide excellent customer experiences, personalized attention, and high quality treatments are more likely to retain their customers and attract new ones. Now, in a nutshell, what am I saying? I want you to be on time and I want you to go above and beyond for your clients within reason, okay? I want you to call them by name. Every time you see them, you go, hey, Tanya, how you doing? Hey, Karen, how are you? Hey, Denise, how are you? For some reason, that, that makes you, it makes you feel better about <laughs> patronizing certain businesses when you walk into the establishment and they call you by name. Now, you won't always know your client's name right away, but that's why you have this great scheduling system. And I cannot stress that enough. You know, I talked about scheduling systems and the importance of having them. And I know that some of us take walk-ins, right? But when you have a scheduling system, if it's one o'clock and you know your next client comes in at two, more than likely the person that walked through the door at 145 or 150 is your two o'clock. So you look at your schedule and you say, okay, I have Tanya coming at two. So the next person that walks in, if you don't know the face, you say, hey, Tanya, you know, and you say Tanya as if like a question mark. And of course they'll nod and say, yes, I'm Tanya. I'm a little early. Or you say, Hey, Tanya, how are you? Come on over. So, um, calling them by name is a big deal for me. Okay. And then once you get to know them and clients are constantly sharing with us, you know, in the chair, I want you to recall events like, Hey, how was your daughter's soccer game? How did they do? Did she get any play in time? How did your son do on the field? 
All of those things make clients feel like you care. I want you to talk to them about little things that they can do at home. And this is where the value comes in. You want to talk to them about things they can do at home to help with their hair care. Now, yesterday, just yesterday, I shared several at-home remedies that work. Now, my clients are, a lot of my clients are um, business professionals. A lot of them are millennials and they have a lot of questions and they live on social media and so do I. And why do I live on social media? Again, I want you to go back and I want you to listen to the ideal client. I live where my customers live. My customers live on social media. So I need to be abreast of what's happening on social media. I know that on social media, a lot of people are giving you at-home remedies. Oh, you want to take avocado? And we talked about this Cardi B treatment. And my client was like, what? Miss Tanya, you you know about the Cardi B? I said, yeah, I know about the Cardi B recipe. Now, here's the catch, right? The Cardi B recipe, even though a lot of people are like, oh, it works, it works, it works. It did not um, sink in with me until a good friend of mine's daughter who lives in another state, you know, she talked about the Cardi B recipe and I know how she feels about her hair. She's a super cool young lady. She's sweet. And she was like, Hey, I'm going to show you guys my before and after. So I was telling her about it. I was like, it's a lot of stuff. It's like banana and avocado and mayonnaise. And um, it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. And then we talked about rice water. She was like, what, you know about rice water? I was telling her, you know, a lot of these products came from somewhere, right? And they had to put preservatives in them for them to have the shelf life. And I also shared that a good friend of mine, um, Naked Chemistry, her name is Rachel. She has a product called Naked Chemistry. You know, she has a product that I used and I absolutely loved it. Um, and, you know, I was telling her about that. I said, a lot of, a lot of times when you buy these products um, with, or you use these at-home remedies, you have to keep them in the refrigerator because they do not have much of a shelf life and um, they don't have preservatives in them. So they're real natural, they're natural products and they spoil quickly. So you talk about stuff like that, stuff that's going to add value. Now, will I share this with a brand new client? Uh, probably not. Why? Because they haven't really invested much into my business at this point. And I don't really know them. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm just meeting the hair for the first time. Um, but if it's somebody that I've, I've been doing their hair for a while, I know whether they're going to do this stuff or not. And most of them aren't going to do it because it's so messy. It takes a long time and people come to us because they don't want to do their hair, but I will have the conversation with you. So you want to have these conversations and you want to be honest with them. Do you think the product works? Yes, it does work. Why? Because it's, it adds moisture to the hair and this, that, and the other. And you only talk about the things that you know and what you don't know. If you choose not to talk about it, don't. Or maybe it's something that you may have to look up just so that you know that you know what you're talking about. But most of this stuff I know like the back of my hand. So it's it doesn't take much for me to add value to the conversation. Again, most people would shy away from this because they want the client to be dependent on them for everything. But you got to know your people. You got to know your people and you got to know who you can go there 
with. Remember, clients invest in our business, okay? And I see every client as an investor. So the more information that I give my investors, the more likely they're going to reinvest in my business. You should see everyone that sits in your chair as an investor, because technically they are investors. They're investing in you and they're investing in your business. Let's look at targeting niche markets. Now, this one is scary for a lot of people. Again, go back and listen to my episode titled The Power of One. Why is this important? So Gary Keller wrote the book, The One Thing, right? And he talks about how you you want to be known for one thing. And it's not that you don't offer other things, but you want to be known for one thing. Some salons find success by targeting niche markets during a recession. They cater to a specific need, such as eco-friendly products or organic treatments. Like I told you, my friend Rachel Ziegler has a product called Naked Chemistry. It's a vegan product, you know, it's all natural ingredients and she sells out and she's also in California. That is big in California. But let's say you you niche down into extensions only or micro, micro locks. I am known as a natural hair specialist. I didn't give myself that title. My customers did. I just rolled with it. And my system, <laughs> my scheduling system tells me that 85, just the other day I checked, it's 90% of my customers are natural, right? So that has become my niche. Do I do other things? Yes. I do a lot of other things. Do those people still come into my salon? Yes, they do. I do relaxers. I do colors. Um, every now and then I'll do crochets and extensions. But on social media, do I promote those things? No, I only push natural hair. Why? Because that's what I want back. So the reason I say a lot of people are afraid to tap into the power of one is because they feel like they're going to miss out. Meanwhile, I want you to remember the story of Starbucks that I shared in The One Thing. I'm sorry, in the power of one episode where I said, if I say to you, Starbucks, what do you think? The average person will say coffee, but Starbucks sells tea, water. Um, they sell these nice infused fruity drinks. You know, they sell Danish and cakes and breakfast, but Starbucks is known for coffee. And I can go on and on and on, like the, the home of the Whopper, but we know they sell more than Whoppers, right? So once you're known for one thing, then you can tag on other things, or you can tell them about the other things, or you put the other things on your website, but you want to tap into the power of one. Go back and listen to that episode and give me a call or an email if you have any questions. And finally, let's talk about adapting to changing trends. Now, recessions can bring about shifts in consumer preferences and spending habits. So lawns that stay attuned to changing trends and adapt their service offerings according 
adapt their service offerings, I'm sorry, accordingly may fare better. For example, during a recession, there may be an increased interest in low maintenance hairstyles or alternative beauty treatments. Some salons that can pivot and meet these evolving demands have a higher chance of success. What am I saying exactly? They're going to come, they're going to come a time. There's going to come a time, I can't talk, where somebody says, look, I really love what you do. I love the vibe of your salon, but I just don't have it. I can't afford it. This client may want a service that you used to do, that you're good at, but you choose not to do it anymore. To come in and do that particular service for that client is a bonus because when we get out of this recession, that person will always remember you. I remember you, you let me come in, you let me be your last client and you did a quick weave on me even though you don't like it because I, you know, I knew that I couldn't afford it, right? I can't afford to come every week. But you let me come in, you did a quick weave on me or you let me come in and you did a sew-in, even though you don't like doing sew-ins anymore, but you knew that the sew-in would take them a lot further. You could do a sew-in and they could wear that for six weeks. You could do a quick weave and they could wear that for four weeks and you're not losing the business. They don't have to go find another stylist to do it and they get to save money and you got to make money. And those people will always tell their family and friends about you. Not so much that, oh, you know, she did these services that she didn't enjoy. You know, she did them for me because of blah, blah. But they'll tell them like, look, Tanya is a good person. She's really good. She's good at what she does. She gives a lot of value. I really like her. So when, as they go to work and as they meet new people and as they do different things, just moving around this earth, they're going to always tell people about you. Do you remember the saying, people don't remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel. And when you do things like that, that's a feel good moment for a lot of people. So even though when you look at the adaptation of changing trends, we know that in our industry, trends are constantly changing. And a lot of times they change and we don't want to participate, right? But sometimes if you have the skill, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it, especially if it's a client that has invested a lot of time and money in you. Remember, customers are our investors. Again, will I do this for a brand new client? No. Would I do it for a client that's only been coming to me for a week? No. But will I do it for a client that has invested in my business over and over again? Yes, I will. And I'm telling you that I will. And sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone if you want to hold on to your customer base while you're going through this recession. Now, a few months ago, I dropped, um, I don't even remember the title of it right now, and I was talking about holding your um, vendors accountable. Like sometimes you can just, you can call a vendor, the one that you, you've been using for a long time, like you use a lot of their products, and you could talk to them, 
maybe about putting you on a payment plan or some type of system or something where let's say you bought $500 worth of product at one time and they will allow you to make payments over time. But this is somebody that you have a relationship with. Or let's say you wanted to rev up your retail. You can talk to one of the vendors that you have a relationship with and say, hey, can you bring me and let's give it a number. We'll say, I don't know, maybe $200 worth of retail products that you know, you know, you, you know the markup on retail products and you push your retail products and you start making these packages and you start selling these at-home packages. Remember, we talked about during COVID how a lot of these product lines started selling their products directly to our clients because we weren't in the salon. They had this overflow of products that they had to get rid of and they became very creative. The only issue I had with it was they were selling <laughs> 32 ounce bottles of shampoo and conditioner. And to this day, my clients are like, yeah, you know, I still have, yeah, you know, I still have. I was sending them the link and the product line was selling them the professional size, but people had to do what, what was necessary. Say desperate times call for desperate measures. They survive off of us. They had to find a way to survive in this pandemic like we did. So I want you to get out of your comfort zone. These are a lot of great tips for you to consider going into this recession. Listen, I'm in the salon three days a week, four days a week, I'm sorry. And I see like the, the crowd in the salons are getting thinner and thinner and thinner. What used to be a packed parking lot isn't that much anymore. And it's because people, a lot of people still have jobs, but a lot of people are watching the news and they're being turned off by what they see and they're running scared. And I told you before, don't have that conversation with them. So when people come to you and say, hey, you see all these people losing their jobs, you say, you see all these people that are getting jobs? You see Amazon let go 10% of their customers and you have got to be knowledgeable about what's happening in the industry, not just your industry, but in the world. So when somebody comes to you and say, you see Amazon laid off 10,000 people, you got to have the knowledge to say, do you know that was less than 5% of their workers? And that's a fact. It was less than 5% of their workers. The news will feed people numbers and it is your job to feed them facts. The news will make them scared. It's up to you to give them comfort. You hear the dog? <laughs> My friend's dog. So let me wrap this up. It's important for you to understand this going into this next phase of your business. It's also important to note that individual salon performance can vary based on your location, your competition, especially if you're in a salon suite, you have to be on and ready because there's somebody right next door that's going to take your clients. So your competition, your management strategies, how you run your business, how you manage your book. Are you constantly overbooked? Are you wasting people's time? Are you offering them things like drinks and snacks for free or are you charging them for everything? I think you should offer them for free. It really didn't cost you much. 
it's a whole bunch of other factors that go into this. But so I want to say, while this recession poses a challenge, right? It's very challenging. It is very important for you to work on creative marketing, provide exceptional customer service, and focus on delivering value so that you can navigate your way through this economic downturn and emerge so much stronger. You can do it. I know you can. This is not our first rodeo and salons are known to thrive during economic downturns. Now, again, you cannot stay the same. You cannot stay the same. You can hold on to the value that you give. You want to keep a clean space. You want to make sure you go above and beyond within reason. And you want to always offer great service. And you'll see you rise above this recession. We've done it before. We could do it again. But you got to come out of your comfort zone. You've got to come out of your comfort zone. And don't forget to scale back. Remember, a little. I touched on it a little bit about your... Um, vendors, having that conversation with your vendors, you know, I had to say, you know what? One vendor that I love was super expensive. I didn't use a lot of their products. I just like the salesperson. And um, so I bought up a whole bunch of their retail products. And um, I use the retail products. I market the retail products to my customers. But I think when they went up on their price, they probably went up 200%. <laughs> it, was, it was ridiculous how much they went up on their products. And um, the product line that I've used forever, I love the family. I love the product. Um, I, I haven't had any issues with the product. When I compare this product that I absolutely love to this product that I like a lot and I like what they stand for, I'm telling you, I'm probably paying 200% more than the product that I just like versus the one that I love. So you want to take a look at some of that stuff too, and you want to scale back, you know, you want to scale um, the products that you're using. All of these things matter. They matter. And you're still going to provide great customer service. Your clientele will still grow because if you do any of the things I just told you about, people will constantly feed you new clients, send their friends to you. You got to go to this place. You know, they, you, they'll talk about all this stuff that you offer. And like I told you, I did not choose being a natural hair specialist. My clients chose that for me. They loved what I did. They told all their friends, their friends told their friends and the cycle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, the sky's the limit for you. Sky's the limit for me. And I want the best for you. So anyway, my dog just woke up. You heard him drinking water. So I got this other dog in the room with the door closed, which is something you shouldn't do with small dogs <laughs> because it makes them bark even more. But um, yeah, I'm just spending the day with these dogs and I'm getting ready to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I do have a an appointment, a real estate appointment in about 30 minutes. And um, I just wanted to share that with you. Again, I just wanted to share that with you. Again, I'm Tanya Stokes. If you have any questions, give me a call at 704-756-2752 or send me an email at info at Remember, if you have a product 
or if you have a system like uh, a digital footprint or something that you would like to share with my audience, I would love to have you on the show. Uh, send me an email at info at in the subject box, put I want to be on the show or I have something I want to share with your audience and I'll give you a call and we will get you booked. I'm Tanya Stokes. Thanks for joining me and we'll talk soon. Bye.